Scotty Eastress. Good morning. So. so the reading today is taken from Luke chapter 3, verses 2 to 6, and it's on page 1029 of the Church Bibles, and it should be on the screens as well. The word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism for, of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight and rough ways smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. This is the word of the Lord. So there are going to dive in and talk a little bit more about our message today. So I'm going to get our Bible passage put back up again. So there's two more questions that we're going to look at, and that's the where and the for who. Because in our passage today, do you see where John was teaching from? Can anybody see up in the passage? Can you read that the word of God came to John where? Can you read where it says? He was in the, in the wilderness or in the desert. And so John was in the desert and he was bringing his message to who? Who on earth is in the desert? What can we find in the desert? What do you find in a desert or in a wilderness? What do you think? A lot of sand, in fairness. So John was going to teach his big message and prepare the way for the sand. No. Um, what else do you find in a desert? What else do you find in a desert? Camels. So he went in and he gave a talk to the camels. Cactuses. Cactuses. We're on a flow here. Cactuses, camels, maybe a few snakes. <laughs> and did snakes arrive in the camels? No, no, no. So there are people who ride the camels, but you're right. And you know what it was? Ordinarily, you'd think, John is in a desert, in a wilderness. Now, what a peculiar place to be to prepare people for anything. I'm not too sure Tom would find the desert being the most appropriate place to go and preach in if he was trying to reach the hordes or to go all the way up to the Sally Gap. It'd be a bit of a strange one, right? But there was something happening in the area at the time. And in Matthew chapter 3, we find that the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him and all along the region of the Jordan. So there must have been something that this guy had that everybody was wanting. And in our story today also, we realize that there was a prophet called Isaiah who predicted that this was going to happen. This was a man who said, this is going to happen in the future. There is going to be a voice of one calling in the wilderness. And we know now that that was that guy, John the Baptist. So he's got all these people waiting. What do you reckon? Is he going to do a bit of this? I won't do it again, don't worry. A bit of fanfare? Is that the way John was going to announce and prepare the people? Well, I think actually the way he did it wasn't through a trumpet, but it was using the language of how the people understood. I think he talked pretty straight. I don't think he minced his words. Because if we read a little further into the passage, everyone from tax collectors to soldiers to the people of the street, they had one question for John. What must we do? 
to be saved. Imagine the journey they'd taken all the way out of the desert with this burden on their hearts of what must we do to be saved. Something was going on. So John found himself surrounded by these people in dire need of this Messiah, this Savior, this person who would save them from something. And the precious thing was, they knew it. They knew what their greatest need was, to be put right with their creator God, who they had found themselves distant from. And I wonder today, is that one of our greatest challenges? Do people even know what their need is? Do they even know they need Jesus? And I suppose the onus comes back a little bit on us. Are we communicating that clearly enough? Are we speaking their language? And are we in the places where to find them? And I wonder, in some ways, ironically, is it our housing estates, our work cubicles, our pubs, which seem to be very desert-like right now? Not an awful lot of talk about Jesus, I'm sure. But I wonder, are we quenching their thirsts or are we parching them like as if they're in a desert? And so the where in our question today, the answer is the desert or wherever we are, our work, our school, our neighborhoods. And let's look at that other one, the for who. We've already done the about who. That was our, John was talking about our about who was Jesus. But for who, well, obviously it's for everyone. It was for all those um, tax collectors, those soldiers, those, those people on the street, the people who were working with, it's for the everyone. And John had a really important role, didn't he, in his life? And he knew it. It was given to him almost from birth. He knew that this was his God-intended purpose in life. It's an amazing thing to find when you have it. And it was to prepare people for God. And it was to point the way to Jesus. And I wonder, is that something that we can do? I wonder... I wonder when you look at your week, where do you think you could see yourself in that position? I wonder what that looks like if you could imagine your Monday, Tuesday, Friday. Where do you see yourself pointing people to Jesus? And I wonder what that might look like. And John knew this as well, and this is really important. As a matter of fact, I love the way um, Sharon uh, Bradshaw, who does our news, um, she actually pinpointed this as her image for today. John knew something incredibly important, and he said this about Jesus, his Messiah. He must increase, and I must decrease. He knew that some people had got a bit confused, hadn't they? They thought it was all about John, the Baptist. He was the one who was going to save them. He was the one baptizing and calling people to repent. But he knew it wasn't. He said, I'm not even worthy to tie the sandals of this man. The worthy one is coming to show you the way and to give you the Holy Spirit to guide you along the way. So John wanted to be sure that people were pointing to Jesus and not to him, that he would eventually step back and point to Jesus. And that is something that I think is a little bit of an alarm bell that should go off in some of our minds. And certainly when we're up front, I know we have to be very aware of it that whenever we're pointing to Jesus, that we're serving him in a way that doesn't point to us, but points to him. And so how do you find yourself serving? If you think about your week, if you think about all the things that we've been encouraging you to be part of our family here, maybe in serving, are you able to do it and make sure all the glory goes to God and that you're not looking 
for any of that. Are we able to step out of the limelight? I think it's a real warning to, to all of us to protect ourselves in that and always be pointing to Jesus. And so I want to go on to the how because this is what John the Baptist was about. John talks about this baptism of repentance. You know, what does it mean? How are the people meant to be repenting? And we know that to repent, it means to have a change of heart. It means to be able to head straight into trouble, all that stuff that you're tempted to do, and to go, oh, actually, I need to turn. I need to turn straight back and face Jesus and keep that behind me because I know that's not good for me. That's not what God intended to me to do. And I am going to turn, I'm going to say sorry and face and direct myself towards Jesus and ask him to walk alongside me and to help me to stay away from that. And so our how is to learn how to say sorry and to follow Jesus and to turn away from whatever is distracting us from our God. So we are going to do something. We're going to have a video play right now just to give us a bit of a, a, bit of a break.